Hello and welcome to episode 80 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to encourage you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Hills, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by Sahara Lee, an integrated wellness expert at her business, Holistic Mojo. Welcome back to the show, Sahara. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. In the last episode, Sahara and I talked a lot about tailoring the way that we do business by recognizing and embracing both our strengths and our weaknesses. So if you missed that one, be sure to pop it on the playlist and listen to that one next. But today, Sahara, we're talking all about you and your business. So let's kick things off straight away and let's explore what it was that inspired you to become a business owner and start up Holistic Mojo. I think first and foremost, I've never been a great employee. <laughs> so I've never had like a, an adult nine to five job. Um, I, you know, as a kid started working when I was 14, I was, I worked at a theme park. I worked in restaurants. I worked at a theme park as a performer. Yeah. And then I went on tour and I came back and I, I needed to make money because we had gone bankrupt while we were on tour. The, the tour company went bankrupt um, and left us in Denmark. <laughs> so I like putzed around Europe because it was like Christmas time. And then um, they gave us their ticket home, which was in March. And I decided to putz around Europe and spend a lot of money. So I came home, you know, like broke. And so I, I did a bunch of like odd jobs. I think I waited tables. Oh, I worked as a, a shot girl in a, at a bar. I stocked shelves. Like I did all this. I was literally working like 20 hours a day, um, just trying to make money to, to move to New York City where I was going to study dance and got to New York and, you know, worked odd jobs, also went to school for dance um, and then got hit by a car. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And the universe is just like, yeah, no, we want you to go a different direction. And I'd always been clairvoyant my whole life. And I'd always worked with plants. I had like, I would go into the forest and just hang out with the plants and talk to the plants and make potions from the plants. And I think that, you know, I, when I, so I don't know if it's the same everywhere else in the world, but in the States, like, I don't know. 10th or 11th grade, you go and you see your guidance counselor and you say, this is what I want to do with my life. Because when you're 15, you know what you want to do with your life, right? Um, and my guidance counselor did not like any of my decisions. I was like, I want to be an acupuncturist. I want to be a physical therapist. I want to be a body worker. Um, I want to be an herbalist. And he kept being like, these are not real jobs. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, then I want to do theater. And my parents shot down the theater. So I literally ran away to the circus to go on tour. <laughs> Came back, moved to the city. Yeah. And and I I felt like the universe, well, well, it was like being in the circus is fun, was essentially like, no, you need to go back to the thing you've been doing your whole life naturally. You need to be going back to plant medicine. You need to be going back to helping people heal. So through some very painful lessons um, that brought me back, you know, to acupuncture, to body work, because I was a professional dancer and was like, 
I think 22 when I had my first massage and it was like my acupuncturist was just like your feet are blocks like they're concrete blocks. Your abdomen is a concrete block. How often do you poop? I was like, poop, what is poop? <laughs> I have no idea. And now I have an app where I track my poop every day. <laughs> you know, how things change. Um, but yeah, I went and had my first massage when I was like 22 and um, was already teaching yoga, but was teaching it more from a dancer's mindset and then went and did a, a yoga teacher training and it led me to Ayurveda and like blew my world wide open the first time I had an Ayurvedic consultation where I was like, I'm not crazy. I'm just eating the wrong food. And ironically, all the foods that were on my no to avoid section, the ones that are going to pull you out of balance were all the things I didn't like as a child that I let society force me to eat because heaven forbid you're a picky child. You know, you're such a picky eater. And it's like, no, maybe they just know what works for their body. And that was like the first mind blowing thing of like, oh man, I was a smart little kid. (laughs) How funny. Looking back, do you feel that if those outside, if those outside opinions hadn't kind of influenced the way that your life had progressed, do you still feel that you would end up doing what you're doing now? Or do you think that you would have diverted yourself maybe? I think had I been, I think I would have been doing this a lot earlier, had had my guidance counselor been like, yeah, let's look at schools for you to go to acupuncture. Like, what do you need to, to do acupuncture? I really think that I would have gone right into it. You know, I think while I loved performing and I still do love performing, um, I, nothing gets me as high as working with clients. <laughs> I get, I like have this insane questionnaire for, for clients and I'm just, people are like, you want all this info? And I'm like, yeah, I want it all. Tell me about your poop. Tell me everything. Tell me all of it. Send me pictures if you want to. I don't care. I want to see pictures of your tongue. Like, yeah, nothing is nothing is off limits. I want to know about every weird, quirky, icky thing your body does. I'm into it. I am excited about it. And I'm excited. It's like the best murder mystery. You know, I'm just like a little detective. And I'm like, ooh, and then there's, that's clearly yeast. And like, oh, yum, 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 yum. Let me like, you know, figure this out. And like, oh, and then that happens. <gasps> How exciting. Like my clients just think it nuts because I find everything exciting. <laughs> How wonderful though. I, I absolutely love that. And like the way that you light up when you're talking about it, when you're talking <laughs> about poop. Yeah. So I think I would have ended up where I am. It just maybe would have been a smoother road. And we didn't, I mean, the internet was just starting at that time. You know, we're talking like 98-ish, probably when I got shot down on all this. And had there been more, I mean, we had access to the internet, but I don't think we knew how to use, like I was doing AIM chat. That was like the exciting, and you had the, like the dial up, it sounded like a fax. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't just like hopping on the internet and researching acupuncture because that crap wasn't on the internet yet. There wasn't a a ton of information on the internet at that time. Whereas now I just would have been like, screw you. I'm going to find it myself and done it. That's really interesting. So how, I'm curious to know how you knew of the kind of careers that you were looking for when there wasn't like a huge amount on that or was it just you were explaining the kind of things that you wanted to focus on and they were kind of shooting you down I had been exposed to acupuncture I think right before I 
I did like I also I was an athlete, so I'd always been in physical therapy and right. it just my brain was like, this is really cool. So I think I had gone with my aunt to like this acupuncture center that was like just popping up in town. They had like a happy hour kind of thing where people could come and get information. And cause it was kind of new, like I'm from upstate New York, not a giant town, kind of small. And so natural medicine was definitely not something that was prevalent. Um, but I had, you know, the universe works in magical ways and I had been introduced and my brain was like, I remember, I still remember the guy telling, I was like, I have terrible menstrual cramps. And he was like, well, there's a line of pressure points that run down the outer thigh that you will notice get more tender when you're approaching your cycle. And if you just take a spoon and run the spoon up and down, that will help ease your cramps. And it worked. And my mind with my like 16 year old brain was just like, I must know more. (laughs) Tell me all the magical things. (laughs) How interesting. How different is it? No, that's not the question that I want to ask. Like, I'm not usually one that's like, if you could go back and change things, blah, blah, blah. But um, if you could go back and tell your younger self, like literally how the world has developed in the areas of like natural medicine and the understanding of holistic approaches, the difference between now and then, I mean, I can imagine that that would just blow your mind. Yeah. I think if I could go back and talk to her because she was so like, my first thought was like, I would tell her to just go have fun because it's all coming. But then I was like, no, the one thing that I wish I had right now that I don't have, that if I had to go to school, it'd be to go for nursing. So I would tell her just, I know you're not interested in being a nurse, but just go to nursing school because the skills you're going to get there is going to make things much more easier for you later. You know, I would be able to draw blood. I would be able to, you know, get labs and stuff like that. So that's the one thing I would like to add to my practice that I'm just not willing to go back to school for at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Like I get that. So when it came to making the decision to start your own business, what was it that inspired you to start your own business rather than finding maybe someone else that you could go and like work for them? If you see what I mean, instead of being you. Again, I'm not a great employee. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I just fell into it. It wasn't uh, like, it wasn't like I'm going to start this business. It just, my business is just as much a part of me. It's been with me. It's like my child. (laughs) It's been with me since I was like 19, you know, because I started off essentially freelancing, like here, go teach some yoga or some dance. You know, I had a a dance company called We Dance because my, the, the co-owner of the company was from the West coast. I was from the East coast. So we were like, we dance. And we also worked with kids. So like we, like little, <laughs> little, little people dance, you know, and we were, we had a little company and we worked, you know, at the JCC in, in Manhattan with, they had like a multicultural um, choir there. So it just kind of was always something I was doing. Like my business birthed me almost if that makes sense. Like it was just something I was doing. And, and then it was like, I moved to California and was working, you know, I was like a bartender. And then I started working as a personal trainer and a yoga teacher. And then I just found my hands being really tied. 
and some of the other trainers worked at like a private gym where you paid to bring your clients in. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So it's like I left there and, and took my clients with me and was having a business without even knowing I had a business, you know, and that turned into like, then I started Ayurveda and massage and it just, while I was working for a lot of places, I was also a contractor, like an independent contractor. So they would book massages and everything. Um, and they would give me a cut, but they didn't take me out as an employee, mainly because they didn't want to deal with, you know, paying the things. So it really was just, it organically happened. There wasn't a day where I woke up and was like, I want to open a business. It's just always been for as long as I can remember, I've had my own business and I don't even think of it as a business because it is so organic. It's like its own entity. It, It lives and grows and changes and pauses. I mean, it's changed so many times within itself, <laughs> just as much as I change, you know? Yeah, which I think is beautiful because I feel like, and this is something that I've been exploring a bit more recently, is that there's the concept that your business goes through seasons, which is like planting the seeds and reaping what it is that you're doing consistently in different seasons. But I love the concept that your business breathes with you because your business does ebb and flow and it does change. And I was talking to someone the other day and it's like your business does breathe occasionally it'll have a hiccup or start choking for no reason but it happens and then you just carry on moving on just like we do as people (laughs) yeah yeah and for me like some people's businesses are very or even their job like what they do for a living shall we say are very separate from what from who they are you know there's this separation but for me it's not because it is so much about who I am. So, you know, it's like, I'm selling myself. I'm selling my own skill set. It is, it is who I am. You know, it is, it is just taking that excited little girl who is stoked on pressure points and talking to plants and bringing it forward. And, you know, now I've always talked to spirit. Now I get paid to do it. (laughs) You know, I, I get paid to come in and and ask people like what your limiting beliefs are and then dive into their field and be like oh your grandmother's coming up you're you know like let's talk to her let's see what she has to say yeah so i think that that is possibly why it's less of a traditional looking business is because it is there's very little separation between me and it yeah i think that that's wonderful it's like you're you're so woven and integral in everything that it is that you've created that is just an extension of you. Yeah. So when it comes to the way that your business has progressed over the years, um, because you've had it for so long and it's been such an extension of you and it's kind of grown as you've grown as an individual through your life, we've talked a little bit around some of the hardships and some of the challenges that you've come across, but have there been any moments where you're like, this is exactly, this shows me exactly that I'm doing what I need to be doing. This is where I'm meant to be. These are like the successes that have taken you by surprise along the way. I think I feel that every time I work with a client. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I love working with clients. I love unlocking the box that is them. I like um, solving the Rubik's cube that is their, their body and their emotions and their mind. It's the like business aspect of things that I find absolutely dreary and dreadful. <laughs> but every, you know, it's worth it every time I get in a client call with somebody. I don't think I've ever been on a client call where I have not felt absolute excitement and magic. Like 
it just always feels like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this person is supposed to be here and we're supposed to be doing this together. And I'm excited even when they're like, I, and I don't know, like, again, we go back to the shoulds that we talked about earlier in the week where people are like, you shouldn't give this much to your clients because I do, I'm like, I want to know when you're having a good day. I want to know when you're having a bad day. I want that text message. It's like, yo, I just rocked it. Like I just saw a pattern that I've lost so many times and like, I just kick its butt. And I also want to hear those days where you're like, I failed today and I feel horrible. And, you know, I want to be able to sit there and be like, it's okay. Tomorrow's a beautiful new day because, and I think I like to do that because I've done so much of this work on myself and I know there's up days and I know there's down days. And I would have loved to have felt like I could reach out on those down days and just hear back from somebody who is helping me through things. Just a text message, you know, just to like, you got this, man. Like, I, I hear you. It's a hard today, but you got this. Or, you know, I'm really stressed. I'm panicking. What can I do? And it's like, okay, go get some rescue remedy or, you know, something, something, because I want to be able to help them through that because I see so often, the thing I see the most often, I would say, and the thing I've experienced most often is people don't fail because they're not capable. People fail because they had a bad day and they're not really failing or quitting. So if a text message from me can help hold them over to the good day so that they don't fail, they don't quit rather, that they end up choosing to succeed, why the hell not? No, absolutely. And I think that that's such an important point, isn't it? Because it's so much more than just being there for your clients when you're in the same space as them when you're having those conversations it goes so much further than that because our business is so much more than just something that we do for a living like you were saying it's it's an extension of us and you know what we were talking about last time if we're building our business around the things that we are good at and that we enjoy and that are lighting us up as individuals it's really hard to detach yourself from going, okay, so we've had our one hour call. We shall not think about each other or speak until like the next one. It just doesn't make sense for the way that you want that business to build and flow and feel. Yeah. Cause that feels very transactional to me. And I never want a client to feel like they're only important because they're paying me. They're important because they're a human, you know, and I want them to know that I want them because so often we are seen in life as transactional creatures. We have to earn love. We have to earn respect. And it's like, no, you deserve love and you deserve respect simply for having a heartbeat, simply for having chosen to be here. Yeah, I love that. I love that message. I think that that's just it's such a powerful thing. And I think that the way that we speak just as a society and the phrases that we have and the way that we structure our sentences and the the kind of words that we use can have such a massive impact on the way that we respond to them. I saw someone sharing the other day that they found it odd that whenever we're talking about achieving our goals, it's usually quite in a violent way because it's like you smash your goals or you nailed it or you crushed it. And it's like, why is this such an aggressive thing to happen when actually achieving your goals and flourishing and thriving and these words are almost more accurate and more valid because it's longer term rather than the short sharp impact of crushing things and smashing things <laughs> it's I think society is have to fight it's like no I can just open up to abundance and flow 
and allow myself to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's let's dig in a little bit more around your business and let's start talking around kind of how you've built your brand and the way that you identify within your business. And I love starting off with business names. So how did you choose the business name for the Holistic Mojo? Because, you know, I I love the word mojo. It's a fun word to say. (laughs) I love wordplay. And I just, I don't know, I spent a week just kind of like as I was driving around San Francisco, contemplating like, what do I want the Austin Powers time? you know, and because he must have said something about Mojo. I don't even remember him saying anything about Mojo, but I do remember my ex-husband's response when I came up with Holistic Mojo, which was, people are going to think you're a sex worker because it's Mojo. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, because Austin, Austin Powers is like a little whore. So they're going to think that you're like holistic whoring. And I was like, that's a curious concept. Like, what would holistic whoring be? <laughs> Pretty magical, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Low jobs that elevate you to a higher level of consciousness? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It just came to me. It was like most things kind of just come to me as it shifts. Like, like, what is a great way to describe my business? And then it was, you know, integrated wellness, which is different than integrative wellness. And like soul alchemy, I talk about a lot about that. Like I help my clients turn their shit into gold. Um, like that stuff just kind of came to me. I was, you know, I'm sitting around just thinking about things and I'm like, ooh, I'm an alchemist. And then I was like, ah, soul alchemist. And then, like, literally it's, I think it's very much the way art comes to me, whether it's poetry or painting, it feels like something is just like put in me and I go, oh, (laughs) and then I do it. (laughs) So that's the way it feels like the name came to me. That's, that's the way, yeah, everything is kind of all the big shifts have come to me as like just messages that seem to pop into my head. I love it because I feel like it encapsulates the essence of everything that you do because there are so many different areas that you have knowledge experience and like passion in as well that it just kind of perfectly encapsulates the entirety of all of that and how it works together and the approach that you have because it's a little bit it's a little bit quirky it's a little bit fun and I feel like that represents you just beautifully (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little bit of an oddball at times. And I feel that healing, I feel that healing should be fun. It doesn't always have to be painful. And yeah, there's going to be seriousness and there's going to be challenges and it's going to feel like your soul is getting ripped out of you some days. Absolutely. But it's also hilarious at times, (laughs) you know, Um, and sometimes it's hilarious despite of itself. So I want to make and kind of what we talked about the other day of not subscribing to other people's beliefs around what your business should be. The thing I always, the feedback I've always gotten over and over and over is you do too many things. You're too knowledgeable. How dare you? You need to, you need to focus on one thing. I mean, every single marketing person ever who's looked at my website has been like, you focus on too many things and you need to pick one. And I'm like, but I use all of them. Like you come in for a massage, we're going to end up talking about Ayurveda. 
you know, I'm probably like, I'm going to get messages while you're on the massage table. And I'm going to be like, Hey, there's some past life stuff stuck in this shoulder. Do I have permission to release this? You know, we're good. So we're going to be doing the energy work at the same time. I'm going to give you physiotherapy. I mean, I do my massages in the gym of my home. So you get off the table and I'm like, let me know. I'm going to come back in You know, when you're up off the table because I'm going to give you exercises. I'm probably going to send you home with some therapy balls. Like I cannot say that I'm just a masseuse or I'm just an energy worker or I'm just an Ayurvedic practitioner because I'm not. I'm all of those things. I'm a physical therapist. Like I, I'm all of them. I can't separate them. And, and it feels violent to me. It feels like an attack when, when a marketing person comes to me and says, I need you to simplify. Because it feel, because my business is me, I can't simplify. And that's been my whole life being told I'm too much. Well, now I'm embracing it. I, I have a lot of knowledge. I've done a lot of years of studying. I'm very curious. When something piques my interest, I dive into it. And then I love to share it. So I'm going to share it with people, whether they're on my massage table or they're doing online energy clearing with me, or they're doing Ayurvedic medicine with me. You're going to get it all because it's me. You're, you're paying for me. <laughs> you're going to get all of me. Yeah. And that's, what's going to be out completely because you're bringing such a unique, it always baffles me when it's like, no, you can only focus on one thing. Like, I feel like you're talking to the wrong marketing people, quite frankly, but <laughs> it right? is one of those things where every, every experience, every piece of knowledge that you have and every, even as far as every piece of intuition, every piece of your opinion, like everything about you is what makes your business unique. Because quite frankly, at the end of the day, most businesses are the same. Like you're exchanging goods or services for money to make an impact and change something about the person that is purchasing. Like that's kind of what it's about. But you and your unique bundle of joy is what brings something different so that the person who's coming to you is going to get a completely different experience to going to someone else that does one or more or a selection of the same or similar services. And yeah, I don't feel simplifying your message and simplifying the way that you communicate what you do. Absolutely. Huge advocate for that because people need to understand what it is that you do. Simplifying your business to make it easier to explain makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it, <laughs> but it is, it is a thing I've heard for easily a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and I just have finally been like, ah, piss off. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that. Because I, I also believe the clients that are meant for me will come to me. So if they go to my website and they're super overwhelmed, that's why I say on the like the front page of my website, like don't be overwhelmed. There's so much here. If you have questions, ask. Here's a million ways to contact me. Ask. If you don't know if I have something for you, ask. If you don't know where to start, ask. Brilliant. And this is the thing, isn't it? Because your your marketing, your website, your online presence, everything like that, your entire brand and your business is set up and should be set up to both attract the right people and repel the wrong ones. And both are good. Both are beneficial for everyone involved in that kind of transaction of time, energy, money, whatever. Because yeah, why do you want to work with someone who's like, convince me why I should choose you? No, 
you're either convinced or you're not like it's not my job to convince you this is what I offer this is how I can help you if I'm not the right fit for you that's okay there are plenty of other people who can support you but I'm not going to sit here and convince or justify myself to you yeah and I don't think that that's something that's talked about nearly enough in marketing is that you want to repel the people that are not for you saves them time saves us time (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the thing? I think it's on Instagram or it's a TikTok thing, but I'm not on TikTok. So it, it ends up on Instagram of the Ikea worker who's got like the fake background and he's talking about things that like Ikea customers have said to him. Like, I'm not going to tell any, I'm going to tell all my friends not to shop here. And he's like, good, go ahead. And it's like that really intense music. It's amazing. And it's literally like five minutes long. We are like, this has got to be over. And it's like, nope, not over. All the different crap that people say to employees. And he's like, <laughs> at one point he was like, good, don't come back. I am halfway through a two weeks notice. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> and it, when we try to always make the customer right, we undermine our own business, in my opinion. Like yeah. sometimes the customer is an asshole. Yeah. Sometimes the customer is not the right customer. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's especially important when you're a small business owner as well, because I mean, exactly like we've been saying, your business is an extension of you. And if you don't gel well with someone or your business isn't right for them, either way round, it's going to lead to some form of friction, whether that's either you're not being set up to give them the best support that they need in the best way, because you're not in the right element for you to thrive, but equally they're not going to get the most out of it either because you're not the right solution. And that's exactly what sales is. It's a solution to a problem. Neither of you are happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, why would you do that? There, the thing that baffles me, this is a massive tangent, but we're here now, is when people are like, oh, but I'm worried that by repelling clients, that means that I won't have any work coming in. And it's like, okay, so there are billions of people on this planet. Like it's an overcrowding issue. We're all aware of that. There are many people in that world. If you think that you could even begin to service 1% of the population of your country, let alone anywhere else, like more for you, because my goodness, that's a lot of people. Like if you wanted to set your prices so that you only needed to work with 12 people a year, that's all that you needed to do. Like, doesn't matter if three of them turn around and say no, but one of them turns around and says yes. Like there is always more people. There are always more people. There are always more. There's always more money. There's always more people to work with. And if you're, what you're offering is good and you're confident with that and you're communicating it in a way that other people can respond to and they can find you and see you, then of course your business will succeed. You don't need to be working with everyone who rocks up through the door. I'm going to put my yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the fabulous soapbox. I think it's something we need to be saying to people far more often. I think a lot of business owners think that a being abused is part of owning a business. And I got to come back to what I said earlier. It's like, you deserve love and respect just for being on this planet. You don't have to earn it from anybody. You don't have to give good customer service or anything. Like if somebody comes in and they're being a jerk, you have every right to tell them to, you know, go pound dirt in a rat hole, as my grandmother would say. (laughs) Wow. What a saying. (laughs) I know. She had a lot of them. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
wow that's kind of thrown me off I've never had that before (laughs) she had a million it's like I don't know what that means (laughs) but I get the intention (laughs) yeah it's a really like roundabout way of telling someone to f off (laughs) (laughs) I like it I might have to make a note of it and see if I can use it in a sentence sometime this week (laughs) my uh, the the favorite though was uh it's hotter than Dutch love oh And it's been a, a conversation in my family my whole life. I'm like, well, how hot is Dutch love? Like, is it the clogs? <laughs> I would always like get her gifts of like little wooden clogs and things. Like, became a really funny thing in my family. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You can so you can use that during your four warm days of summer. <laughs> yes, the four warm days of summer. I'm worried that we've already had one, but we'll see. <laughs> We've got the rest of the year to space them out. So yeah, you guys, you guys had a warmer summer than me last year in Sweden, and I was like, I gotta move to the UK. <laughs> Come to the UK. We for have the weather. <laughs> hey, it could always be better. It could always be worse. What is it? There's no such thing as bad as the wrong weather or bad weather. It's just wrong clothing. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, you could. I guess. Um, Anyway, so coming back to you and your business. So I know that we talked about this briefly in the last episode, but when it came to your visual branding and your website and creating your brand for your business, is that something that you have invested in at any stage or is it just something that you've done yourself and developed as time has gone on? I feel much like my business all the way across, a lot has fallen into my lap. Like years ago, uh, uh, like childhood friend, who's a fabulous graphic designer, I asked for help with designing business cards. And he, without even me asking, was like, here's a logo. I created this logo for you. And it was amazing. He created the logo that was perfect for like 18 year old me. So it was just essentially the logo I have right now, but melting because I was like a total goth kid. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my God, that's the perfect logo. But for 18 year old me, um, I don't really want everything to melt anymore. So if we could not have it melt and it's, I mean, God, that it's, I've had that logo almost 20 years now and I love it. I adore it. <laughs> so um, yeah, that, that kind of came to me and my brand is me because my business is me. So honestly, if I'm just being in alignment with myself, then I'm already doing my branding Um, because what you see is what you get. (laughs) So it's why why, part of why I enjoy talking to people on, you know, podcasts and Facebook lives and Instagram lives, because people know what they're going to get. They hear me, they hear me crack inappropriate jokes. Um, They hear my, like, my awkwardness. They hear me talk about poop. Um, They know what they're going to get. I'm not going to be super serious, even in the most serious situations. And it's always going to be playful, but it is going to be educated. And they might as well know what they're getting before they pay money. Because if I'm not your brand of crazy, well, then I'm sure I can help you find your brand of crazy because I know tons of people. (laughs) this might be a better fit for you. Yeah. So I think my branding has been organic, much like everything else. It's just me. You like, you love me or you hate me. (laughs) (laughs) And again, both perfectly fine. And I, I love that approach. And I think that it's something that we're coming across more and more, especially where there are so many different ways that you can be found and be heard and show up for your business 
that I mean obviously I'm always going to advocate for investing in branding in some description because it's what I do guys (laughs) like I'm not going to turn around and say well it's kind of both sides I'm not going to turn around and say you absolutely have to have branding but I think that branding visual branding with a professional can really facilitate and kind of speed up certain goals if that's what you're aiming for within your business Mm-hmm. But again, not every business owner is aiming for the same version of success. So what would be right for one business isn't going to be right for you. And I think we're seeing a lot more of this. It's building a personal brand without necessarily having that online digital presence. Like I know some incredibly successful business owners who barely have a digital presence because they network, they talk, they give speak like speeches and give talks and workshops and webinars and everything else across the globe from their own home and that's how they're building their business and you won't find them on social media yeah so it's great that you found a way that works for you and one thing that I do want to dive into a little bit more is how you find building a business and building a brand when you were traveling so much because I know that you've traveled kind of throughout the process of having this business so COVID I know would have thrown its own kind of issues at you but as kind of a digital would you say a digital nomad as someone who was traveling how did you find building your business in a consistent way I just want to touch for a second on what you just said prior of I I it's not that I have not had help with my branding um it is I've had help with people helping me become in alignment, helping me simplify what I say, get more clear. So it's kind of like I talked about the other day with um, sending out the first uh, third of my book to people until they could, everybody can understand it. It is talking to people so that I can refine how I speak so that everybody can understand what's doing, what's going on. So in that way, I have, I absolutely think it's important to have assistance and at least a like sounding board, something to throw a ball against. Yeah. Um, but as far as being a digital nomad and traveling, because I am my brand and I, I am my business, it's essentially travels marketing for me. Every person I meet is marketing for me or their education for me, you know, or I get in a conversation somewhere with somebody about something and I learn something um, that then leads me to a place of like, ooh, I want to study that. So it feels like I'm constantly having things dropped in my pond for me to chase and be like, Ooh, this is interesting. Um, but then I'm also constantly sharing. So like, as I've been trying, like I left, I left Hawaii. I don't know. I think it was like 2013 with the intention of chasing summer for like two years, I was going to close my business and I was just going to travel and chase summer and run through all of my bathing suits. And that is not how the world works. <laughs> I've like got less than a month in and ended up working in Perth at a, at a massage spa place and then went to Bali and ended up studying craniosacral and making lifelong friends and meeting people that then brought me to Europe to teach. So then I was like traveling around Europe, teaching vegetarian Ayurvedic cooking to vegetarians because I was seeing that there was a lack of nutritional understanding. And I'm not vegetarian, but I do believe in a high vegetable content diet and people just being like bored, you know, like you can French. So they're eating a lot of bread, pasta, cheese. And I was like, there's no veggies in there. Let me, let me teach you some really good vegetable stuff and teaching them about Ayurveda. So as I went around, I met people. I was like, 
as I was traveling, clients that I had in San Francisco, you know, 10, 15 years earlier were like, hey, I've traveled to this place. I know this person or whatever. So like I ended up by one of my clients getting sent to Greece to teach at a spa to teach Ayurvedic body work and became really good friends with the spa owner. And like, I stayed in their home while I was there teaching. And then, you know, I've gone back to visit them since. So traveling is its own form of marketing because I'm talking (laughs) and I'm interacting, I'm chatty. So it has, I think it's been really helpful. I have business connections all over the world. I have friends all over the world. I have people I consider family all over the world. Um, And they're all like, we're a beautiful network that are always lifting each other up and supporting each other as much as we can. Oh, that's so wonderful. And again, it's building that network, isn't it? It's having those people that are available who know you and you know them and just working together collaboratively to help others hear about all of these wonderful businesses that we get to we get to meet and interact with. Awesome. I find it fascinating because even though I'm a Sagittarius, I'm not really a big traveler. A lot of it is down to the fact that I have um so I have dietary requirements because I'm celiac so I find traveling quite hard because it's like it's just a pain honestly listeners anyone out there who's there like if you suffer with any form of dietary requirements traveling is always a bit of a anxious time but building a business whilst traveling the world I can absolutely see the benefits I just feel like it would take so much energy on my part So I'm always in admiration of the people who are just like, now I just rocked up and spoke to everyone. And now I know literally everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that because I, I have worked as like a energetic travel consultant. So I help people get over their fears and their limiting beliefs. So I would definitely say like you not being able to find the food you want would be a limiting belief Uh because you just need to do a little extra research and find, like, I think you would thrive in Bali because there's so many dietary restrictions. Like everybody's <laughs> like, I'm an air, I'm an airitarian, but it needs to be filtered with this perfect filtered filtration system. And there's like, there's a place for you. So it is just tapping into different networks, again, finding that network and being able to reach out and say, you know, hey, I have these dietary restrictions. Does anybody know places in this place where I want to go, you know, cause there's, there's, there's people all over the world that have these dietary restrictions. So just, you know, you can go to Rome and still have, you know, Italians with celiacs. So it is absolutely possible to tap into those places and, and say like, I have this issue. Does anybody suggest places where I can eat out? And then always making sure like, instead of staying in hotels, doing Airbnb, where you have your own kitchen so you can control, you know, two or three of your meals every single day and then find the places that you know are safe for you to eat. Yeah. It's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's It's a a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. I think it's, it's so much trust that you're putting in others when it comes to something Mm -hmm. like that, particularly when you're away on holiday, because like, it's always meant to be supposedly like in theory holiday is where you go and you don't worry about anything it's like literally just lie me on a beach chuck a bottle of rum in one hand give me my kindle in the other and I'm not even at the beach just next to a pool (laughs) (laughs) anyway complete tangent as always so (laughs) I would love to know I've got a couple more questions just around your business so what and this one is a really big question but it's one of my favorite to ask now what's your favorite part of your business 
working with people and seeing their light bulb moments. Yeah. Yeah. Having the, like, when somebody just feels innately flawed in some way and they go, oh, you know, like whether it's like an energy work where people go, oh my God, I never realized that like that situation when I was a kid affected me in that way. And I can now, I'm in control instead of giving away my power or around dietary issues when people really get, cause it's like, as I've been traveling, people are always like, I'm really impressed with like how clean your diet still is. And I was like, I mean, I totally ate at McDonald's yesterday. I'm not going to lie, but I also have, you know, different tools. So when, when people really feel empowered in any aspect, I think that has always been the mantra of my business is I'm not here to be your crutch. I'm here to educate you and I'm here to empower you so that I don't want to see you 10 years from now as a client. I'm not interested in long-term clients. I'm interested in educating you and empowering you so that you don't need me. (laughs) You know, come back once a year to refine things, but I don't, you know, I want you to be empowered and off on your own. It's so funny, isn't it? When you have a business where it's literally always you're hoping for those short term clients because you know that the transformation that you can make is just going to mean that you've made their lives so much better that they don't need you anymore. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay, so my last question for you today, other than for a, a last piece of advice is what has been either your most effective or your favorite marketing method for growing your business? Because I know that we've touched on like social media, we've talked about podcasting, we've talked about connecting whilst traveling, but which is which is the one that you're like, this is what really helps my business, but also lights me up? I think the, the podcasting, because yeah. I get such a wide variety of people to talk to, you know, with so many different perspectives. It is like traveling. It's like I can travel from from the safety of my own home. I don't need to go anywhere. I make new friends all over the world. Um, I have connections and I can connect to other people. You know, it's it's so often when I'm doing a conversation with somebody where I think, oh, you know, it would be really great to also come on here and talk, or I'd really like to connect these people. Like I'm trying, I'm sitting here racking my brain because I know I've talked to somebody recently and I don't think I did their podcast, but I think I just talked to them where they were fighting for, uh, in restaurants or people with celiacs. Wow. (laughs) And I'm sitting here like you girl, you got to think about this. It'll come to me and I will email you. But like things like that, like I just, it feels like I can create connection across the world. And if you and I create connection, then your listeners are going to have connection and be empowered just from listening to the conversation. So um, I think I can just reach more people in this podcast format and people that I may never, I love the idea that like people I may never meet that may never even email me never become a client might grab something from a conversation and use that as a tool to make a huge shift in their life. Like, I love that. It's like podcasts allow me to sprinkle magic all over the world. And I don't even know who gets it. And it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy that it's out there. (laughs) Beautiful way of looking at it. I'd never even considered that before, but yeah, that's, that's such a, that's such a powerful message, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Blow my little mind. Suddenly I feel this great burden of responsibility and magic <laughs> with my podcast. <laughs> Changing lives one year at a time. <laughs> awesome. So 
from everything that we've discussed, from everything that you've experienced on your business journey, and again, I know that this is a very big question asking you to boil it all down to one point, but for any listeners who are out there, what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd want them to take away that you've learned along your business journey? Stay true to yourself, first and foremost. It's, it's the disasters happen when you stray from your your authenticity and your intuition. So it doesn't matter if it seems crazy. There's a little voice in you that says you need to close the shop halfway through the day today, close the shop because you never know what might go on if you don't close the shop. Just trust yourself. Perfect. And I think that that is the absolute perfect point to wrap up on today. So Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your sharing your journey and sharing your story with me and the listeners. It's been absolutely wonderful to hear about it. And where can the listeners find more of you online, Sahara? Every piece of me is available on holisticmojo.com. There are links to my membership, to my book, to my Etsy shop, to I like to chitty chat on YouTube, <laughs> put out lots of cocktail recipes and food recipes. Um, yeah, my Instagram is there. I post a lot of food and animal pictures and inspirational quotes that I come across and random crap that comes to my brain. So yeah, everything is through holisticmojo.com. Amazing. I'll pop the links in the show notes, listeners. So if you'd like to see and find out more about Sahara and her work, you can find all of the details there. And listeners, if you are enjoying the podcast, can you please hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying it, because it really does help the podcast. It helps me. And it also means that I can continue bringing you all of these new episodes and these wonderful new guests every week. So until next time, head on over to our communities on Instagram, Facebook, or Clubhouse, and all the links will be in the show notes, and we can continue these conversations in the Brand Lounge.